A storied CFL franchise. Riley, he's going to keep it. He hits the five. Hey, Edmonton, that's your quarterback. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimo. With a loyal and passionate following. We finally can say we're champions. Bring it back to the seat of champions. This is the show that brings you the stories and personalities of the green and gold. Yeah. 630 This is the Eskimo Show. Now your host, Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. It's Labor Day. Let's like this rocket. The Eskimos and the Calgary Stampeders are underway. Randy Paradis from the 24-yard line for the field goal attempt. It is up, and Paradis has hit 29 straight field goals. And the Stampeders take a 3-0 lead on their first possession in this football game. Edmonton 17. Mitchell drops. He's getting some pressure now. He'll roll to the right side. Willis is chasing him. There's the throw, and it's touchdown, Calgary. Into the end zone, and the Stampeders have the first major of the game. And it goes to Anthony Parker. Third touchdown of the year for Parker. Here comes the kick, and... It's a much better kick for Shaw. Finch has to go back to the 25. He drops it, picks it up, cuts up the middle. Now he's got some room. Finch across the 50 to midfield. Still on his feet, heading to the outside. We got flags on the play, but Finch is going to score. He goes to the end zone, but we've got to sort the flags out first. Finch to the end zone on a nice punt return, but what's the flag for? It's going against the Eskimos. Looks like a necessary roughness was the call. Motion starts. Roddy will drop back. Trying to set up and throw. He's going deep to the end zone. Ball's up in the air. Oh, what a catch. Touchdown, Eskimos. Unbelievable catch in the end zone for Darrell Walker. And maybe the Eskimos have started chipping away. Ball is down. Kick is up. And uh, he doesn't miss from there. Three field goals for Paradis. He's got Messam standing beside him. Four receivers to the left side. Just one to the right. There's the snap. He looks that way and throws. It's intercepted. Eskimos have it. It's Kenny Ladler with it. Across the 50. He'll get to the 40. Trying to make his way down the sidelines. Ladler gets to the 10. Touchdown, Eskimos! Kenny Ladler with the interception. And the Eskimos defense has scored. And there's the throw complete to Bakari Grant. He'll take it to the end zone. Touchdown, Calgary. Wide open was Bakari Grant. Riley gets it, takes the drop, pumps once, now settles in and throws, and he's got Bowman in the end zone, and he can't get it. In fact, it's intercepted. Calgary football intercepted in the end zone, and they'll bring it out to the five-yard. Mitchell takes a high snap, pulls it down, gives it to Jerome Messam. He'll cut up the middle. Touchdown, Calgary. Jerome Messing to the end zone for the Stampeders. That's pretty much going to do it. Riley takes the snap. He's got some time. He's going to take off himself as he heads towards the 10. Mike Riley to the end zone. Touchdown, Eskimos. For the fourth game in a row, Mike Riley has run the football in the end zone for a touchdown. We do, And Messam gets the ball again. Oh, big opening for Messam. Right down the middle. Will he get to the end zone? Yes, touchdown. Just pouring salt in it right now. The Calgary Stampeders with another touchdown. Labor Day's no fun if you're an Eskimo. For the fifth year in a row, the Eskimos have lost the Labor Day game in Calgary. 45-24. 
Five in a row, six of the last seven. Labor Day continues to be an unkind holiday to the Edmonton Eskimos. Disappointing result yesterday. The Eskimos fall to five and five. Calgary goes to eight, one and one. And they both are getting set to do it all over again. That'll come, of course, Saturday on the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Ticket sales already close to 30,000 for that game. We'll uh, hear from Eskimo President and CEO Len Rhodes later on the show tonight. He'll talk about the rematch and some key issues around the CFL right now. Uh, from attendance to challenge flags and penalty flags and a whole lot more. Also on tap tonight, Blake Dermott will join us before 8.30. And uh, then after 8.30, we'll hear from Eskimo quarterback Mike Riley. Hey, the Eskimos made a roster move today. Uh, they signed uh, a name from the past. Do you remember Philip Hunt? Think back to the 2009-2010 Winnipeg Blue Bombers. He played 25 games in those two seasons, had 18 quarterback sacks. The defensive end, who's now 30 years of age, spent the last four or five years in the NFL, played only 24 games down south. So the Eskimos hoping there's still some gas in the tank. Philip Hunt uh, in town will be on the practice field tomorrow for the Eskimos, so we will hear from him. Uh, hey, everybody, Morley Scott on the Eskimos show tonight. Eskimos lose in Calgary yesterday, getting set for the Stampeders again on Saturday. You'll hear the game right here on 6.30, Chad. 3.30 for the Challenge Insurance Group pregame show. 5 o'clock for the kickoff from the Brick Field at Commonwealth Stadium. Coming up next on our program tonight, we'll check in with the head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos, Jason Moss. This is the Eskimo Show. It's uh, coming up to 8.11 on 6.30, Chad. You're listening to the Eskimo Show on Eskimos Radio. 6.30, Chad. First up on the Eskimo Show tonight, it's Eskimo's head coach, Jason Moss. Jason, obviously a tough day yesterday for your football team. You've had a chance to watch it a couple of more times. Uh, did it look better or worse than you thought when you got a chance to see it again? I mean, there's the old saying, it's never as good, it's never as bad. But there was, there was good things in the film. There were some bad things in the film. And overall, there wasn't enough good things to, to come out with a win. So obviously it's back to the drawing board and back to work tomorrow with the guys. And we'll correct the mistakes that we've made. What do you take out of the game now uh, going forward? Uh, give me give me some of the bright spots that you picked out. I mean, bottom line, it was a 24-17 game midway through the third quarter, you know, and we hadn't played our best, nearly our best up to that point. So, I mean, we feel like we can hang right with those guys. Uh, some things go our way early in the game better or, you know, later in the game better. We're right there at the end, uh, which is where we expected to be. So, you know, we're a physical football team. I think we, you know, we've, prove that with them i think we can definitely hang with physical uh play it's just the the technique and assignments you know we had too many breakdowns on offense uh to be productive on first down and then you know on defensively we did good with at times with coverage uh and then other times they had a couple big plays but you know overall when when they needed to make a play you know believe i got out of the pocket on us a couple times and extended plays with his feet and ended up uh, you know making some critical throws down the field for uh, for them and uh which is good on them i mean uh, that's what they do and you know then they had the big punt return on us uh for a touchdown but having said all that you know like i said middleway through the third quarter it was still a, a one score game and felt like there was a lot of uh opportunities for us uh to get a win there yeah i i think you had defensively i think you had a couple of two and out stops coming out of halftime but the offense couldn't get going at that point I, they, they almost didn't mesh together very well to try and keep that momentum going yeah, no, no question. I mean, even after, you know, Lad Laddie scores that the touchdown, um, 
you know, we had our opportunities, uh, an opportunity right before the half to go in there and, and get another possession at it and offensively and we just didn't uh we didn't do it and so you know coming out in the third quarter we went against the wind on purpose so that we could you know felt like our defense was playing strong at that up to that point and we get the stops we need but offensively we just don't do anything with it and then the fourth quarter the game kind of goes out of reach there towards the end and you know but it was still a uh you know it's it's a two-game series so every point mattered so that's what was so disappointing at the end to give up a long touchdown run and then not score inside the five yard line at the end of the game but you get those that 14 point swing could mean a lot you know at the end of the season Darrell Walker and Darius Bowman uh, have both been still getting the ball, just maybe not at the rate and at the numbers that we've become accustomed to, especially earlier on in the season. Are teams playing them differently to take anything away from them right now? Um, to be honest with you, no. I mean, the, the balls come and go as the defense dictates, but I don't believe they're playing necessarily much different to them than they've played all year. It's just the uh, you know the ability for us to get there, get it to them at times hasn't gone quite the way it needs to uh to be executed um you know bottom line i mean they still get targeted the same amount of times generally throughout a course of a game uh we haven't stayed on the field nearly as much as we'd like to 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 allow them to get into a groove to where we're able to target them more or get the ball to them more but defenses aren't necessarily just lining up and saying we're going to bracket them or completely take them out they're still playing the defense they play um it just so happens you know the balls uh our whole offense hasn't been functioning completely how we'd like it to the last uh three weeks so all right Eskimo head coach Jason Moss joining us on the Eskimos uh, show tonight uh, as far as you know Jason did you come through it healthy yesterday uh, yeah, I mean, as far as we know, as far as anybody knows right now. <laughs> so we've gotten uh, bumps and bruises just like everybody else, but we'll play with the guys that are healthy come Saturday. You got an extra day now in this series, but it's still a, a difficult turnaround, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, anytime you're playing two games of football in one less than a week, it's always uh, the the physical part is very difficult uh, mentally as well. you got to... You know, you're not preparing nearly the same, but at least it is against the same opponent. So, you know, there's less practice time, less time to, to get healed up. But uh, that's such as life in the CFL for football. So we, we understand it. We've done it. Everyone does it. So, uh, you know, player safety. Uh, it's, it's, I guess, not as much as an issue game-wise this week because you're playing the same team you played the first half of a, of a short week. So both teams in the same boat. Yeah, no, exactly. At least you're not playing a team that's coming off a bye, which we've done before. So, um, you know, that's the bottom line is we're both in the same boat. We both are playing short weeks, and we've both done it this season already. So everyone knows what you're getting into, but you know my opinion on it. I mean, football yep. is, is a collision sport that generally isn't meant to be played uh, more than once a season with six days in between. So it's just that is what it is, and we'll deal with it. All right. Um how are you looking going forward? Are you are you thinking about any kind of personnel changes, or do you just want the guys you have in your lineup now to play better? I'm con- I'm a big continuity guy. I mean, I'm big on guys that play together longer, the better they're going to be. So absolutely, I mean, if we can get the same lineup, we'll have the same lineup. And if we have to adapt our lineup, we'll do that. But uh, it's always a coach's, uh, you know, mentality generally to play with the same guys. Uh, there's a reason they're starters and a reason they're playing. So, you know, you know, it's – you know, every game is not going to be perfect. Not everyone's going to make all the plays they need to make in the course of the game, you know. So, um, you know, we'll correct the mistakes we've made. 
uh, we'll deal with you know the positive things that happen in the game for us and and be better for it come Saturday. Uh, after playing them once, is there anything you know now about the Calgary Stampeders that you didn't know maybe going into yesterday's game that you can use to your advantage? Oh, uh, I mean, just watching them. I mean, having played them now, you know, our guys are you know understand their you know what they bring physically. Um, you know, watching them on film is is quite different. So, but we what we saw on film is what we saw in the game. So you know, they're they're good at what they do. Uh, their schemes are good. Uh, their players are good. So, you know, we have to be at our best to beat them. And we certainly weren't that uh, on Saturdays or on Monday, sorry. So, you know, it's just a, a matter of us uh, sharp tuning some things and changing a couple of schemes up. And then if, if we can do that and play well uh, for four quarters, you know, we always expect the outcome to be in our favor. We talked to a couple of guys last night on the post-game show, and we got the response from, from a few guys basically saying they're still a very confident team, and they know if they, they straighten a, lot, a few things out that they'll be able to play better and beat Calgary. Uh, nice to know that it's still a group that's very confident in, in the way they can play and the way they need to play. Yeah, I mean, you look at the way our season's gone. We've played everybody up to the last minute uh, except for in this game. So uh, there's no reason to second-guess our ability and that we can or cannot play with a team. So, like I said, they jumped out to a 21-point lead on us. We made it a one-score game midway through the third quarter. You know, <laughs> you take a play here or take a play there like every game is. And, you know, we feel like if we do more with, with what we have, uh, where we can beat anyone in this league. And that's always been our mindset. Uh, you're going to have one full practice this week. How difficult is it to make the changes you want to make and need to make it with just one full day of practice? Like I said, it's not. this is nothing new to us. Uh, we've done this before a couple times actually this year where we've practiced yeah. one time in between games. So <laughs> it is what it is. You can't, you can't really dwell on it. You know, you do what you can. You get the guys to understand that it's a mental game to – to understand their assignments and execute the things we have them do. Uh, there'll probably be minor tweaks, minor changes. It's hard to make wholesale changes. Um, but like I said, our guys have done this before. They understand the, what it takes to do it. And one practices, it will be just enough for us to do it. Uh, final one for you, Jason. You threw the challenge flag twice yesterday. You were one for uh, one for two on it. Has the new rule, the the rule change that the CFLs made, uh, affected your thinking and your process to throw the challenge flag? Well, I mean, early in a game, somewhat. I mean, bottom line is, you know, you don't have the free one, so you lose a timeout, and you have to have a timeout to challenge. So, I mean, <laughs> it does change the way you're thinking about it, but. To be quite honest, does it make it better that now the coaches have to lose a challenge or lose a, a timeout to challenge a play that they deem that wasn't uh, officially cur- or um, thrown or whatever that, that the yeah. officials may have gotten wrong? I mean, does it make our league better because now we have? I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know the answer to all that, but it does. It make us as co- make me as a coach second guess what I do? Absolutely. I mean, particularly early in a game, it's hard to want to throw one on Mike Riley when you think he got hit in the head on a play early in the game and you're like well i don't know and all of a sudden yeah you watch film and absolutely you got hit in the head and you could have challenged it but man if they would have seen it the other way it's not a, you know you lose a timeout that's a big deal in our league so uh good on them for making the rule change it's probably you know gonna affect affect it but again i still challenged two plays so again i still had challenges in the game <laughs> yeah so it slowed it down whatever they wanted it to do it, they accomplished it i guess i still i guess it, maybe it speeds it up but the you know there's a fine line it seems to be the flow of the game and getting the getting the call right which still has to be well, the priority right 
Absolutely, and that's what my point is. It's, it's you gave us two challenges. Why don't we just go about getting the thing right rather than worry about that the, the, the thing takes three extra minutes? So I mean, it's it, I'm sure that this isn't gonna this is gonna be discussed further in the off season, and it's gonna be tweaked more and all that stuff. You know, it's just it is right now. We just deal with it as coaches, and again. Uh, you got to be pretty quite sure that what you're challenging for it to to be something because you're gonna it's a big price to pay with a with the loss of a timeout. All right, Jason. Thanks. We'll uh, leave that discussion for uh, the off season from now on in. Uh, thanks for your time today. Good luck to you getting ready for uh, the Stampeders on Saturday. No problem. Thank you. Still to come on the program tonight, we'll Yo. talk with uh, Eskimos uh, quarterback uh, Mike Riley. Right now, though, we'll uh, bring in our football analyst uh, Blake Dermott, uh, who joins us now. Hey, Blake, how are you? Hi, Marley. Good. Well, uh, first I want to address something with you because only a guy who's played in this Labor Day series can uh, can answer this question. Is the short break, and I know it's a day longer now than when you played, but is the short break uh, and the quick turnaround that big of a deal? Um, I always used to enjoy the short turnaround. Uh, I, I really looked forward to this, this, uh, this series that you play, uh, and I went through a number of years with it. Uh, the it was always the most exciting part of the year when except next to playoffs um it didn't have the same you know losing your out kind of a uh kind of a feel to it like a playoff game would so it didn't have that kind of pressure but it was the most exciting and it and and it was the, uh, the thing that i as a kid growing up in edmonton and uh playing for the eskimos really enjoyed and then the turnaround because Man, there was nothing better than if you beat them in the first game than to, to, to beat them in the second game. And, as, uh, and that happened a lot in my first, uh, first number of years. But then the last half of my career, it was, it was pretty much a split. We would go into Calgary and we would lose, and then we would come to Edmonton and we would win. And uh, so there was a, a real emphasis after that, that first game to, to be a whole lot better because you also know, knew that uh, – you know, one of the largest crowds that the Eskimos have had, uh, or the largest crowds they've had in the last maybe 20 years, have come on that game, the, on the Friday night or the now the Saturday after the uh, the Labor Day game. So there was a lot to to play for, and and the fact that you knew you played these guys five days before, you knew it wasn't going to be that physical. They weren't going to be running you with a lot of contact during the week. It was going to be a lot of mental part of it. That that I really enjoyed it because as I got again, as I got into my career a little bit longer. There wasn't a whole lot that I was going to get better by doing one-on-ones every day. Um, the part that was always the most important part of the game, that especially for pros, is the mental part of the game, and uh, and and I enjoyed that part uh, of preparation as the season went on. As the Eskimos go back to work, and I, and I know many of them were in the uh, in the uh, in the grounds at Commonwealth Stadium today, looking at video and, and and doing doing stuff to get prepared off the field. They'll be on the field for the first time tomorrow. In your mind, Blake, what's the biggest adjustment they'll have to make from from yesterday's game to Saturday's game? Well, I, I think we touched on it after the game, uh, after the broadcast yesterday. Was at the end of it, uh, just matching the inten- the intensity. I mean, Calgary's a good team. Let's face it, Calgary's only lost one game this year for a reason because they're the best team in the CFL. But in in order to play well against the good teams, and Edmonton found this out last year, they had to match the intensity. And uh, you know, they lost the Labor Day game last year, but then they won the next bunch, and uh, and and because they were able to do that, and. And I think that that's one of the things, like, when you come out, you can, like, you can simply, you can tell yourself, oh, I'm ready, I'm mentally ready, and we're prepared, and all that kind of stuff. And you can go through the motions. But when you come out and the 50-yard pass is rammed down your throat first play, it's like, whoa, 
okay, maybe we weren't ready. Uh, how did that happen? And and I think that before they gave their head a shake, they were down, what was it, 22 to nothing or 21 to nothing or something at that point. And 21. The Eskimos kind of woke up. And, and, uh, and so they cannot afford to do that. That's why they've got to be able to match that intensity early in the game. Now, I mentioned also that the Stampeders are, were playing in front of typically their largest crowd of the year, and it's a big deal. And, and they're going through the same thing emotionally. This is, this is something that they target on their schedule. This is, it always has been uh, an Edmonton-Calgary CFL uh, come the Labor Day weekend in, in, uh, in Canada. And, and that's all they're worried about. So they, you know that for, for that eight, uh, six, six or seven-day span, that's the only thing that matters. And uh, those guys... Uh, being a team that lost to the Eskimos uh, last year in the playoffs, and and uh, and then uh, you know saw that their opportunity for another Grey Cup was was gone, they had a lot to play for. A whole half a season had gone by. I think this game might have been different if they'd have played, you know, earlier in the season. And this was game number two, and then they played game number three at the end. But this was you've had a full half a season to get ready for this for this team and uh, for get ready for the Eskimos. And I mean, it's obviously not the same team as it was last year, but but that's the mindset. And the Eskimos weren't ready for it, and they just absolutely weren't. They they couldn't match it. So this week, that's the one thing that I'm sure the coaches, management, and players are, are now the realities hit in that this is this is something that they have to be ready and prepared for for this mm-hmm. Saturday for this to not be a repeat of what it was on Monday. Watching the game again this morning, the one thing that jumped out at me is, is not so much where the Eskimos made mistakes or didn't have success, but Calgary's just a good football team. I mean, right from, from top to bottom, every aspect of the game, they're just a good football team right now. Well, that's that's a, a very simply put, uh, and that's exactly right. When you look at how, how good Calgary has been over the last number of years five years they've just been so dominant probably even longer than that they've just been a solid team and and uh, this is in fact probably when you look at their records and look at everything else this is in fact probably one of the strongest teams that calgary's had in maybe the last 20 years i mean they're they're sitting uh, with with one loss at this point of the season one tie one loss and and uh i mean their best record ever i think was 15 and t- 15 and three and this is a team that could easily eclipse that. They could go to. They could get 16 wins, and and no Calgary uh, Stampede team I think has ever done that. So this is a, a, a very very strong team. They have gone through the league now. They've played everybody, and uh, they've beaten everybody. And and they, uh, you know, barring a whole bunch of injuries. But then you can say, well, they've already had a bunch of injuries. And in spite of all the injuries and the patchwork on the offensive line and everything else, they have been able to fight through it. Um, the, the thing about a CFL season, 18 games, is it's a long, long season, and there is going to be times when it mentally gets you down, and the physical pounding of a, of a season gets to you, and and uh, that's the thing that good championship teams have to fight through. That's what the Eskimos had to fight through with that horrific schedule they had last year, and uh, they fought through all of that stuff, and they fought through injuries, and they they remained a team, and this is what Calgary's doing right now, and it it's it's going to be scary for the rest of the CFL going forward. I don't think that they're an unbeatable team because there were times when, you know, when Edmonton played as poorly as they did in that first half, found themselves only seven points down. I mean, this is a team, and this is a, a team sport where one or two plays can make a difference in a game. And, uh, I, you know, so I don't want to say that Calgary's going to grease through the rest of the season, but they could if they can maintain that level of intensity that they, they had on the weekend. 
All right, uh, Blake, good insight as always. Appreciate your time tonight. Look forward to hearing some good stories during the week at the press box at practice and uh, talk to you on Saturday night too. All right, thanks a lot, Morley. Great stuff. That's uh, Blake Dermott. We're going to uh, head to the 630 Ted 24-hour uh, news center now. When we come back, we will hear from uh, Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley. We'll talk a little bit about the game yesterday and a little bit more about getting ready for the game on Saturday. It's 8.30. You're listening to the Eskimo Show on 630 Ted. This is the Eskimo Show with Morley Scott on Eskimos Radio. 6.30 Chad. Labor Day rematch coming up on Saturday right here on 6.30 Chad. 5 o'clock for the kickoff, 3.30 for the Challenge Insurance Group pregame show. Myself, Dave Campbell, Blake Dermott, who we just heard from before the news. Uh, Brendan Ulrich will be uh, with us as well on the sidelines. So uh, we'll have everybody in place for the rematch, and let's hope it's a better game as far as the Eskimos are concerned on Saturday than it was yesterday. It was a 45-24, something like that. Uh, way too much to way too little for the fifth straight Labor Day loss for the Eskimos. They've lost, uh, what, six of the last seven of those games now. But they're coming back on Saturday and trying to regroup. Uh, let's go back to the post-game show last night and hear Pat Watkins' take on what happened on Labor Day. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a tough one today. Um, you know I mean? Um, if anybody would tell us that the game outcome would have been like this, I, w- I wouldn't have believed it. I honestly wouldn't have believed it. Um, I feel like we're a way much better team than, than we have showed. And, um, I mean, I feel like, you know, we've got to put it on the players to go out and execute better. And we, uh, like I said, we came out of the block super slow, and um, we gave them all the momentum in the world. We did all of, we did everything uh, wrong that we could, and, 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 I mean, it came back to bite us in the butt at the end of the game. This is the third time you've played in this game. It seems like the M.O. for the Eskimos in this game is a slow start. Why is that? Um, I mean, Calgary is a very disciplined team, and we know that. You know, they're not going to make mistakes. They're going to wait for you to make mistakes to get out uh, get out of place, and then they're going to try to uh, exploit you. Uh, we knew that. Um, I just felt like, you know, um, they they came up with a high intensity. They played with uh, more of a purpose than we did today. I, I guess you know, I say, how do you change that? I mean, it's, it seems like a simple formula, right? You you got to come out with the right level of intensity and the right level of emotion, and it seems like Calgary's very good at doing that. Uh, they, um, you know, they they. Uh, I came out with a, a few big plays early in the game and um, kind of got us to uh, back off. And then, um, I mean, that was the theme of the game uh, in the second half, and them checking down and making us tackle. Um, I mean, we just, I feel like, you know, the talent is there, and I feel like, uh, you know, we, we, we got everything we need in this locker room. We just got to execute better, and we got we to go out there and believe in what we're doing because I feel like uh, a couple plays Bo uh, Levi threw, we just didn't, a lot of people didn't believe he was going to even try to make the passes. But uh, Bo Levi is a great quarterback, and um, he put it on display again. And, I mean, hats out to him. They came out there and, uh, you know, they handled us pretty good. But, I mean, we're not backing down. We're not tucking our tails. We're here to go back to work, work hard, and continue to uh, try to get better. Defensive back Pat Watkins post-game last night after the Eskimos lost to the Calgary Stampeders in the Labor Day Classic. The rematch goes on Saturday. Uh, tickets, of course, available. And as we'll hear later from Len Rhodes when uh, he joins us again from our pregame show yesterday, uh, they're going to be around, uh, well, over 30,000. They're closing in on 30,000 tickets right now. Good to hear the uh, park and party is back, too. I love this uh, from last year. Uh, it'll be the second year the Eskimos uh, do the park and party with Northlands. You go to Northlands before the game. Gates open at noon at Northlands. You get free parking uh, if you make a donation to the Edmonton Food Bank. Uh, then you can spend some time uh, on the Northlands grounds. There'll be uh, barbecue, beer gardens, Eskimo-themed horse races, and an autograph session with some Eskimo legends there as well. And then after that, there's going to be the fan march. Uh, they're going to walk... Uh, 
as a group with the fire truck and everything from Northlands to Commonwealth Stadium for the game at 5 o'clock. So uh, keep that in mind. Keep that in your Saturday plans for the rematch. Two games in six days. The best thing about it from a player's perspective, they always joke, well, they say their wives always joke about it, two paychecks in one week. That's what they like best about it. But, man, it's tough on their bodies. They have to regroup. It's also tough when you lose the first game to make the changes you need to make. And I had a conversation earlier today with Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley, and our first topic was the short turnaround between games. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a short week. It's not something that we haven't experienced before, at least for our vets. I think even our younger guys, we've, we've had – you know, a couple of short weeks, maybe a day longer than this one, but uh, they're used to the shorter schedule now. Um, it obviously changes things when you're playing the same opponent again, so uh, it's not an, an unknown um, team that we're going to be playing against, but uh, I think the next couple of days, certainly based on our performance yesterday, is uh, less about them and more about us, just figuring out how we can get back um, to executing at a high level. Um, you know, they're probably not going to change a whole lot what they showed us they're good at what they do and they obviously uh, did it well against us so it's more just about trying to to up our level um more to what's expected from ourselves. Uh, we had Jason Moss on earlier on the show tonight, Mike, and, and he kind of said the bright spot for him is the fact that you guys didn't play very well, but at, still at one point in the game, you crawled back to get into a spot where you're only a touchdown behind. Is there something to build there from yesterday? Well, I mean, you try to take positives and, and negatives from every single game. Even if you feel like you played perfect, you're always looking to figure out how you can improve. Um, and the game... As Coach Moss said, you know, that we didn't play very well at all. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that we can and, and need to and will improve on. Um, you know, there was a few times when we finally felt like we got into a little bit of a rhythm as an entire team, offensively, defensively, special teams. And during that stretch, uh, we played some pretty good football, but it, it was limited, you know, and, and we never could really maintain that for a lengthy period of time. So, um, yeah, you know, when you watch the film and, and see the few times that we did execute well and did things properly, uh, we had success. So, obviously, you know, our, our thoughts on how to attack them, um, you know, were correct. We just need to do it at a much higher level. So that's kind of what I took from that game. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask you about. Uh, the way you attack them, the way you go after them, uh, is it a case of changing much, or do you just try to stay with the same game plan you had but try and execute it better? Well, I mean, we'll certainly tweak some things here or there, obviously. You know, we got to look at all aspects of things. Um, it was the first time that we got to see how their defense would play against us. Uh, they didn't necessarily deviate a lot from what they've done all year. They did have certain ways that they felt like they were going to play against us that were different from other teams. Um, you know, so after after watching it on film and how they played against us, there's obviously some things that we can look at and, and change up and, and maybe use to our advantage. But again, um, you know, our just our execution was not what it needed to be. My personal execution obviously was not what it needed to be. Um, you know, I, I'm, I watched the film this morning. I'm headed back to the stadium right now to, to try to get a jump on it again as well. But um, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, we just need to play better football. We didn't play nearly as well as what we're capable of. Um, you know, and again, a very good team as, as Calgary is. Uh, you know, you have a type of day like we did, and you're going to lose by three touchdowns just like we did. How much does being down 21 nothing change the game plan or take you out of your original game plan and get you basically away from the way you wanted to play? 
Well, it definitely is going to change things in, in any game when, uh, you know, you have a bit of a deficit. That's just that's the way the football goes, but you got to be able to adjust, you know. Obviously, when you're down, um, you know, you're, you're not – probably going to be able to run the ball as often as maybe you'd like to, um, but that means when you do throw the ball, you need to execute better than we did yesterday. Um, you know, there's just, a, again, every every game is different. And a lot of things come into consideration, um, whether you're going with the wind or against it, what the score is in the game, things like that. Um, but at the end of the day, you just you got to play better football than we did. That, that's really all it comes down to. The number of receptions for uh, Darius Bowman and Darrell Walker have dropped in the last three or four games. Is there something defenses are doing to, to take them away? No, I don't think that's necessarily the case. I mean, the three games prior to the Calgary game, uh, we were very effective offensively, and, um, you know, that isn't necessarily because defenses are limiting our ability to get them the ball. It may just be that, you know, we were we were running the ball well, so we were going to that a lot more than we were earlier in the season. And, you know, if defenses are at the point where they're going to try to take those two guys away, we attack them in, in different ways, and that's how we had success uh, during those three games that we were playing winning football. Um, but there was definitely opportunities yesterday. Um, again, the execution just wasn't there, uh, whether it's me not uh, seeing it and, and delivering the ball to them or not throwing an accurate pass, um, or just breakdowns within other parts. Uh, you know, that's just how it goes. Again, I don't, I don't think that there was limited opportunities for those guys. We just didn't uh, take advantage of the chances that we had. So, um, you know, that that's going to be the difference. Obviously, whether they have big games or not is is whether we can locate them when they're open and get them a, a good accurate ball. Um, you know, and then when they're not, just take advantage of the other other soft spots in the defense. Talking with Eskimos quarterback Mike Riley on the Eskimo show tonight. Mike, did Calgary's defense surprise you with anything? And secondly, did you learn anything about their defense that you'll be able to use in the rematch game on Saturday? I don't know if they necessarily surprised us with anything. You know, they're a good defense, obviously. Uh, they've been successful all year. Um, you know, they just they execute well at what they do. But again, um, you know, we had our opportunities, and there was a lot of missed chances out there on the field yesterday. Um, you know, if if we tweak a few things here or there in in what we saw they were doing, maybe attack them in certain ways, but more importantly, just uh, have more success um, with the the calls that we had made and the opportunities that were out there, we'll be just fine. I mean, there again, there was limited stretches uh, way too few but limited stretches where we did execute at the level that we expect ourselves to and when we did we were able to move the ball uh, down the field and finish in the end zone so um, you know it's just a case of doing it more frequently um, again I, I just it just was unfortunate it was not uh, one of our better performances and it, and it came at a time when we're playing against a team where you need to play really well um, so, you know, we're going to do whatever it takes to figure out how to how to make sure that uh, our performance is better this next game. You have three days on the field to prepare for this game, but two of those days will be walk-through days. Uh, you got a one full practice on Thursday. How important is it to make sure that's a good practice this week? Well, yeah, I mean, it's always important to, to make sure you get the most out of your practices. On a short week, it's that much more important. Um, 
you know, again, as I said after the game, really the only way to get that bad taste out of your mouth is to get back out on the field. So, um, you know, as long as we're healthy and rested physically, it's going to be a blessing to be able to play uh, again so quickly because, you know, like I've been saying this whole time, it just it was a disappointing performance all around. Um, we all know that. And, um, you know, I'm excited to get back out on the field and, and make up for that. It's just uh, it's not the type of football that we expect ourselves to play. But, again, you can't do anything about it now. Uh, the only thing you can do is, is play better the next time you're out. And, and again, you know, I'm, I'm happy that that's uh, going to come around quickly. Mike Roddy, thanks for your time tonight. Uh, a short week. I know you're busy. Thanks very much for talking with us. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Morley. Mike Riley, uh, 219 yards passing yesterday, 23 of 36, 63.9% completion, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions. Uh, you heard him say there uh, he's excited to get back on the field and get things corrected. Last night on the postgame show, he said, I want to play the game right now. Uh, he'll have some time to, to rest up and get ready for it. But uh, methinks Mike Riley will definitely be ready to perform come Saturday at uh, the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium. Eskimos and Stampeders in the rematch. We'll hear more about that game from Eskimos President Len Rhodes when we return. It's coming up to 847 uh, in Edmonton. This is the Eskimo Show on 630 You're listening to the Eskimo Show on Eskimos Radio. 630 45-24, the Eskimos lost to the Calgary Stampeders yesterday in the Labor Day game. The rematch game comes up Saturday, 5 o'clock. Uh, on the Rickfield at Commonwealth Stadium, 3.30 for the pregame show here on 6.30. Chad, lots going on around that game yesterday. That was one of the topics that came up as we talked with Eskimos president and CEO Len Rhodes on our pregame show. Uh, some very interesting things from the president about attendance, about the schedule, and about flags that have been thrown this year. But we started talking about uh, the big game coming up on Saturday. What's nice, we're coming off the largest crowd of the season across the CFL. Edmonton uh, continues to support uh, the Esks, and uh, you got to love it. And I know they, the players just get an absolute lift when there's 35,000-plus, which we're projecting right now because as of uh, moments ago, we were at 27,700, so things are looking very good for that. We have a lot of things going on next week, but, yeah, partnering with Northlands. We had tried this fan march last year, and, heck, people showed up. I think there were 500 people. We didn't get any permits and we just had the fire truck out and people just marched from Northlands over. Permits? We don't need no stinking permits. <laughs> and uh, we did what we needed to do. So we're doing it again and uh, we're going to be at Northlands. We're going to start walking at 3.30 over to uh, the Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium for game time at 5 and it's going to be a lot of fun. Once we get to the stadium, we have the giant screen out on Stadium Road so we can watch the other game, the uh, Winnipeg-Saskatchewan uh, game as well. Our fans love that and these games are meaningful it's not only what we do, it's what the opponents do now. And uh, we don't, you know, we don't really think ever crossovers. We want to earn it ourselves. And today is a big one. So is next week. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Uh, with Winnipeg winning yesterday, pressure's on the Eskimos uh, to keep Jack with uh, with Winnipeg and to get, get closer to both BC and, and the Calgary Stampeders, of course, for sure. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, this season from an Eskimo off-field perspective. We know the change that's happened on the field and yeah. after the championship year last year. 
you. What 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 lingers with a championship win off field? How has how has business been for you this year after a Grey Cup championship last year? Well, there's nothing better than uh, winning a Grey Cup and using that as momentum into this year. But it's not an automatic. Uh, there's some challenges uh, for all of us across the league, and we got to continue building every single year. This year, when I think of two challenges before us, and in general, everything is great. Uh, but there are challenges for total transparency. A, the economy in Alberta, all of us know that if we live here. Uh, thank God if we still have our jobs, but unfortunately there may be family members or neighbors uh, that are uh, struggling, and it's hard to buy a CFL football ticket if you don't have a job, so we recognize that. Uh, the second one was the schedule. Quite frankly, uh, we're not big fans of this year's uh, version of the schedule, but when I talk to other teams, no one seems to be a big fan of it, and we just got to get to the point where even though there's competent people working on the schedule at the league office, there's got to be a little more skin in the game because when we had two home games back-to-back five days apart, the second one being on a Thursday, that literally costs us hundreds of thousands of dollars. And uh, going into next year, we are starting right now lobbying for a better schedule. So that one impacted us, quite frankly. We're going to have a great one, uh, of course, next Saturday. Our fans always tell us they love Friday nights and Saturday at 5 o'clock. That's the sweet spot for the two games. When you have Thursdays, it's a struggle. We'll take one to appease everyone, but the two this year is tough, and especially when the second one is only five days later. But other than that, our uh, corporate partnerships are at their highest ever. Our merchandise sales are at the highest ever. Season uh, seats were pretty well flat with last year, and our casual tickets are down. So we're off in attendance about 4% year-to-date compared to the same time last year. We'll make some ground on Thursday, but the last two games uh, are going to be tough. When you're not home for the total month of October, yeah, you're coming days back. Away. Yeah, oh, gosh. You come back November 5th. Let, let's not lie to ourselves. We don't like it, but we can't use it as an excuse, and we hope that our fans uh, keep showing up. And, and I think, I know Hamilton and Toronto also away for five weeks from, from their stadiums yeah. as well, and I just don't understand. Lions as well. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, Lions too. Yeah, I just don't understand how that many teams can be that that long away from their fans. I mean, yeah. we got out of sight, re- out of mind, right, when you're trying to sell tickets. That's the challenge. we got to reshuffle the deck. I was talking to Huff uh, the other day. We were in Toronto for some governor's meetings, and Huff was telling me that they have four 8 o'clock starts, one in the mid or late October on a Friday night. That's that's not conducive to uh, being fan-friendly. And uh, so we're all on the same page for different reasons. Uh, you know my views. I'd love to start the season earlier. I, I sound like a broken record on that. I was going to ask if you're still swinging away at that uh, or not. All the time, and uh, I, I don't care if I, I say it a hundred times, a thousand times. We'll eventually get there. I just don't know when or how. Uh, but there's different things driving this. But overall, gosh, uh, we are the envy of the league in many ways. When the uh, commissioner came, uh, what was it, a month ago? And, you know, I'm, I'm not happy unless we have 40,000 fans. He looks at me and he says, do you know how many people would kill to have the attendance that you guys have? I go, yeah, but it's not good enough because we compete against ourselves. And when we're off 4%, that is meaningful to me, and we want to build on that. Is there an overall concern in the league about attendance? I know Edmonton, you mentioned we're down a little bit in Edmonton. Um, around the league, it's down a lot more than it is in Edmonton. Uh, is there a concern at the league level that you can talk to us about, and are there plans to try and get something going to, to try and turn this around? Well, you know, we're a gate-driven league, so first of, uh, remind our listeners that our number one source of revenue across the entire league for all nine teams is the tickets that we sell. Most other sports leagues, 
it's the revenue you get from your TV broadcast. But for us, it's not the case. We literally need people to buy tickets. There's been a slow attrition, so it's nothing that when you look at it and you say, oh, there's a disaster going on whatsoever. But there is an attrition, and we've got to resonate with that young adult. We've made strides, and we've tried different things this year as tests. I'd say, hey, some of this 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 is working. I, I think when we uh, played Hamilton, we brought Flo Rida in at halftime. It brought in a totally different demo in, a younger demo, and we said, okay, we need those people to come back. Uh, so there's a lot of things that we got to continue to do. Again, in the offseason this year, we put a lot of uh, expenses and capital projects in the stadium so that the stadium looks good. Going into next year, there won't be as many big projects. It's about getting people in the stands and giving them a fine entertainment. The product on the field, though, is number one. Uh, so proud with what the coaching staff has done. You've seen there's a new coaching staff that have worked together, and we're seeing that continuous improvement as the year goes, and I think we are the team that has the potential to peak more than any other team as the season keeps going. Uh, from the business side of things, do you cringe a bit when so many complaints about officiating, so many complaints about challenges and fishing expeditions yeah. for, let's see, what on the field is a yeah. transaction even or uh, infraction even is 50 yards away from the play? That's just my own soapbox. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. uh, do you get concerned about that? You get cringed? Yeah. You cringe a little bit too when people say, uh, this game's unwatchable now? Yeah, because I'm a fan as well and yeah. uh, certainly in tune with what people are saying and I think we've overcomplicated things and uh, we could talk about whether it's penalties, the uh, coaches' challenges, but at the end of the day, there's a lack of flow right now, yeah. and uh, no one should be proud about that. We have to address that. There have been some subtle changes uh, mid-year, which are rare in terms of the rules. In the off-season, we, we really have to address that. No one is pretending that it's at a place where we all want it to be. I think there's consensus that there's a need for change. Uh, it's not only about whether a game finishes, and it should finish in under three hours, but it's about the flow, and uh, we have a great flow. That's what separated the CFL from the NFL in so many years. And right now, we're giving up the advantage that we have through the eyes of the fans. And it's frustrating. And, uh, you know, uh, there's some... It's 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 the toughest job is to be an official in the field. But we've got the tools now to help them. But at the same time, if we're overriding the official all the time, then you say, why do you have official, uh, officials on the field? So it's a delicate situation, but we, we definitely have to address it. When we're at the uh, CFL governor's meetings. It's certainly something we've all agreed we've got to tackle at the end of this season. It'll start with the rules committee, uh, the management committee, which is uh, made up of the presidents with the GMs, and then we're going to take it to the board of governors for votes, but we have to make some changes. There's absolutely no doubt. If someone here today is saying everything is great the way it is right now, I totally disagree with them. Some strong words from Eskimos President Len Rhodes. Uh, The Eskimos and Stamps, they got the rematch coming up on Saturday. Big crowd expected. Why don't you be a part of it? Get your tickets. If not, uh, you can join us right here on 6.30. At 5 o'clock for the kickoff, 3.30 for the pregame show. Eskimos back on the field for practice to get ready tomorrow. That's the show for tonight, everybody. I'm Morley Scott. Have yourself a great evening.